Here we go. Welcome. Uh, wait, wait. It, uh, it, it says, okay, yeah. And welcome to Alice Commentaries. Today we are joined by the by Iron Mid South veteran, Sorry, Kamaseli. Welcome to the timeline. Thank you for having me, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, fine. Yeah, me too, man. Right now it's it's night on Spain, man. What time is Everyone it over there? Is in my clock is zero one twenty four. I'm sorry, man. I'm on the West Coast. Yeah, we got a bit of a time difference. My schedule is ridiculously packed. So yeah. my apologies yeah. and thank you for being flexible. Yeah. So my next two interviews, you want to know my next two interviews? Yeah, who? Um, I will do with Chris Glass from XPW. Okay. And number two, we get gas. You know, I've only met... I think I met Chris once. And uh, myself and Cash, I don't think we ever cross paths. It's weird yeah. how some some guys I will see I will be all over the country and see the same guys all over the country and then certain guys you just never ever see. It's weird how the schedule yeah. works. I'm I I'm contacting some wrestlers from this when the I want me to do interviews, but I see you know, you have two brothers, right? And Ibido yes. and M. And Paul. the other one. I'm Paul, yes. Yeah. I will do interviews with him in the future. Do okay. you know how to, you know how to contact him for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give you I'll send you their uh contact info. Yeah. So, so how do you start in each example, right? In Mesa, right? When did I start IWA? Yeah, in 2004, right? Yeah, it was very end of 2004, like December, I think, 2004, so more like 2005. Vito and I had a tryout earlier that year. I think it was like March of that year, but then we just never got a call back. And then we had a different opportunity, and we moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and my younger brother, Paulie, during that time, started with IWA. And so it was Paulie yeah. doing well with IWA that reconnected all of us back. Okay, so now we are going to go to the timeline, okay? Are you okay. ready to watch some stories? Okay. Let's go for it. So, I press, I put all your matches when I will wait. I'm sorry, but I put all your matches. I am a wrestling historian. No problem. Okay, we start at January 15, 2005, in Ireland, the Iron Saints, the Iron Chris, and Silas Young. And that was, you said Highland, right? Yeah, I think your point <coughs> was Irish and Silas Young. Well, yeah. Silas Young is a patron in a business. That was a weird, like, I remember them being, when we came into the company, we were the number two tag team. Eric and Silas were the number one tag team. And they were the ones that were really going to be more in the, in the semi-main event and the main event picture. So yeah. I don't even remember why we won that night. That's weird, because we were, we would, we were all heels, too. So that's an odd one. Um, Sometimes Ian just did whatever he felt like on, you know, any given night. But I will say I enjoyed working with them a lot. I always thought Eric Priest was uh, to be a big jacked up guy like he is and to be okay doing comedy and to be the butt of the jokes just showed that I thought that was a, a, lot, a lot of professionalism. And Silas was always fun. Now I remember. Actually, Silas knocked me out in that match by accident. Oh 
he went to hit me with a forearm and our timing was just off and I was looking a different direction and I turned back and I just remember laying on the ground. I'm like, what the hell just happened here? And then we talked real quick and I, it wasn't that long, but he's, he is the first and only person that has never ever knocked me out. Yeah, Sadarajan is known for pure rules, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep, yep, okay. yep. Next match is on January 29, 2005. Is your friend or Danny Daniels defeating you? Ah, so Danny is, so then, okay, so Vito and I, we started traveling together years before this and just kind of learning the ropes and, and really just doing things as, as the two of us. Paulie wasn't with us. While we were on the West Coast and while we were in, in Georgia, Paulie stayed based in the Chicagoland area. There was so much work in the Chicagoland area that he had a lot of opportunities here. And Danny Daniels is the guy that took Paulie under his wing and took Paulie and got him uh, booked onto IW Mid-South. Danny was a really, really big help. And when we started on that night, I remember at that time frame, Danny was the locker room leader. So he was the guy that you could go to and I need questions. I have questions about uh, how do I ask for more money or what do I do with this match or what do I, how do I navigate any kind of issues? And if he didn't have the answer, he'd give it, he'd go find it and then get it to you. So he was a guy that later on, years later, when myself and my brothers became locker room leaders, that I tried to pattern myself after in the sense that just a complete team player, <clears throat> excuse me, a complete team player and making sure that the newer guys, you just give them attention. You know, you don't always know how to navigate the locker room or what to do or anything like that. So I just took that from Danny. Um, and in that match, I remember it was, uh, we went like 20 minutes or so, something like that. And Danny was, he's a hard guy to keep up with at that point in time. So I remember yeah. doing well and he gave it some praise afterwards uh, and being brand new to the company, that, that was a big deal to me. Okay, so our next show is on February 12th. Is people you Brandon Ian last sale what for his thing the other things and top six in uh eight man tag match I think so right oh you remember that I do remember that match the eight man tag um so at that time the reason that Vito and I came into Ida Bay was that we were working for the NWA in Atlanta and so there was a feud a rivalry between the two companies IWA and NWA. Well, my younger brother, at that time he was Brandon, he was on the IW side and Vito and I were on the NWA side. So we were given the opportunity to come into the company because now within that rivalry, you can have brothers versus brother. And yeah. this eight-man tag was, was one of the, I think it was the beginning of that. But I in particular remember that we were, Matt Seidel is like a good friend of ours. And we all yeah. got along very, very well. And he wanted to make, we were just doing that double stomp finish where I would hold the guy kind of in a pendulum and Vito would come off with a double stomp. And it looks vicious, but the reality is you can completely take care of the guy and it's 100% fine. We did it to my younger brother a hundred times and he was fine. But I remember getting into an argument with Matt that day, explaining how to take it. He just said, no, I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to do it like this. And then, man, he just—he got his entire eyebrow busted wide open and a big shiner. Yeah. And then I got a talking to from some of the management uh, the next day. So <laughs> I do remember so, that. Okay. Yeah. One question for uh, yeah. one. Who is the biggest bully from the brothers, you or Brandon? So the oldest is Vito, but the yeah. biggest is Brandon. 
Physically, the biggest is, is Brand. Brandon's a, I mean, he's a freight train. I call him mini Brock Lesnar because he's just like Brock. He's a former state champ. He's, he's, if he's angry, I've never met anybody that could put him down ever. But Vito's, yeah. as far as age, Vito's the oldest. Yeah. So Brandon is like the, the Brock Lesnar, you say? Mm hmm. He's, uh, a, so he's no like, I uh, mean, so in the sense that size wise, he's bigger than I am, but somehow he's still faster than I am. And he's more agile than I am. There's so. there's another Brock Lesnar in NXT known as Harlan, right? Harlan, fuck up. Yeah. 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 That guy, too. That guy, too. You know, they just, they're the types of people that only move forward. You know, you can't really move them in any other direction. And, and <laughs> he's the little brother just by age. Yeah, okay. The next match is for in February 25. Indiana Championship. Yash Abercrombie versus you. Who versus me? Yash. Oh, Abercrombie. Yeah, Josh. Okay, so there's, there's a lot of guys I work with that are really talented, and there's a lot of guys that... Um, Sometimes you just click. Everything just works. Nobody has ever, I've never clicked better with anybody than with Josh. It, it, for some strange reason, every single time we had any form of contact in, in a wrestling match, there was never a mistake. Our timing was always there. It's amazing. So usually you would think that'd be with my brothers because we work as often as we do. And, and genuinely, like Vito and I will know what the other one's thinking, but for some reason with Josh, there was something different, and you could ask him, he'll tell you the exact same thing. It is it is a different level. When Josh and I worked, everything clicked perfect. And he was by far my absolute favorite opponent. Yeah, so moving on, um, um, we have every, two matches for February 26th. One okay. is Brighton and Indiana T. Jr. and Mike Wallace. Yeah, <laughs> nice guys. Um, yeah. that was the, yeah. that was the, uh, Indianapolis bookings and they were, IWA at that time was running maybe eight to 15 shows a month and in four or five different States, <clears throat> excuse me. So they would have an A crew, which would be like four to six guys on every show. And then you would have a B crew that would be, say, for example, you would do all the Illinois and North or West, like whatever's in proximity. And then you'd have a C crew that was just that local town. And okay, Indiana so. Kid Jr. was was the local Indianapolis. Mike Wallace, I'm not really sure why he was there. He he I don't think he was just a I think he was just in for that one day. Yeah. Uh, I saw the match on Cage match that was in the database and it was two minutes. I said, what the hell yeah, is it? Yeah, it wasn't that good. <laughs> is this a squash match or something? It may have been. It wasn't that we may have just not been excited about that match that night too, I'll I'll admit. Okay, and the next match after that is you present Brendan and Josh Shakien. So that was when we're in the midst of this rivalry with my younger brother. We're doing the brother versus brother feud, but but Brandon didn't exactly have a, a set tag partner. And so a lot of times it'd be Josh. Sometimes it'd be, it just rotate around through other folks. But this was at a time when the booking wasn't as tight as, as I would have preferred. We just had so many shows and a lot of times it was Iron Saints versus Brandon and, and then Ian would say a name and give us a time and then we'd go. Not much more yeah. thought to it than that. Okay, so the next match is on March 9th, I know, March 5th, you versus Trick Davis. Trick Davis, that's another guy that I probably wrestled Trick 50 times for no reason. We, never had, a, we never had a promo. We never had a, uh, an angle or a storyline of any kind. 
that was just, <clears throat> we used to laugh about it, just the randomness that we would wrestle so many times, but for no reason at all. Okay, so March 19th, if you have a match, and you are insane, B-Boy and Brethren, the future continues. Yes, and B-Boy was going to be the, the set tag team, and B-Boy and I, he's from California too, so B-Boy and I had been friends for years, and really was looking forward to this, but then it's the, just trying to get Ian to buy B-Boy a flight on time to make sure he gets it to the show, so most of that feud where you would see Brandon teaming with somebody, it was supposed to be B-Boy that night but he couldn't make yeah. it, you know, and so, but that's another guy. I absolutely loved working with him, and we had a blast. Okay, so April number one, April Fool's on okay. April Fool's, so it's a three-way, there are things, Eric Priest, and Alexander, and Who was the second team? Um, Eric Priest, Alexander, and Alexander, and Oh, yeah, and I think... I think something messed up on the card that night. I think somebody, because it wasn't supposed to be a three-way tag, but I don't remember, and it messed up every, It messed up a lot of the plans. Because, again, Priest and Silas were still the number one tag team at that point. We were not. Yeah. And, but just the, the way the lineup shuffled, and it didn't hurt that Vito and I, we looked good as a team. We had matching gear, and we had a really cool finisher. And Ian wanted that finisher every night. And that's kind of why we ended up winning a lot, was just Ian liked our finisher, not necessarily because he wanted to push us at first. Okay, so the next night, you face Tripp again. Yeah. Same story. No reason. No okay. promo, no story, no reason. April 8th, is a attacking titles, Brad Farley and Ryan Bach, and the Iron Saints. And I think they were the tag champs. Yes, of Bosch course. You and, and Bradley, and very formidable team. Boz had been around for a long time, Brad too, and they're you know, huge guys. So for us at that time, I mean, we're both, Vito and I are coming from Atlanta where we were starving and we were probably weighed 150 pounds at the time. We, you know, not that big at all. So visually, <laughs> it probably didn't look that good. Okay. I'm pretty sure they beat us too and they should have. Our, our next match is on April 9th, It's a table, last in church match. They're insane because Brandon and Vic Davis and TLC match. See, there we go. Now, now the randomness of trick got into the tag match, but that's more still the rivalry for um, with Brandon. And I think that was the first time we did, Brandon did a table spot that the table didn't break. Yeah. Then we did another table where we're trying to do our finisher on, the, on Brandon. It didn't break again. And so the third attempt, I just said, I'm sorry, as I picked him up, because he knew I had, we had to just send it this time. We had, it's the third try. And I think yeah. we set the table up in the corner and, and just powerbombed the, the shit out of them in the corner. Yeah, that's the mean. I am the table. There you go. <laughs> okay, uh, the next match, April 29. I know TLC against B-Boy. That's a match for 34 minutes. Just me and B-Boy, right? Yes. Yeah, that's, so that was supposed to be, again, that was going to be me and Vito against Brandon and B-Boy. Brandon and Vito took a different booking in Wisconsin that day. And they were going to do a matinee show, and they're going to try and double shot. And they just couldn't make it in time. And I remember that night too. Jimmy Jacobs was defending the title against somebody. I don't remember who. And I was so pissed off because we were going to be the main event. And I'm arguing hard that Jimmy should be the main event now. And Jimmy's arguing hard that we should be the main event. It's one of yeah. the few times the guys are arguing to not be in that position. But one thing I do remember is there was a cage match earlier in the night. 
And as we're wrestling around on the floor, the cage matches up against the wall, or the cages are just leaned up against the wall. And I threw B-Boy into it, and his as he hit the cages, his, the momentum brought the cage walls onto him. Well, they're just chain link, you know, so I'm not thinking anything of it. And he screams, get this shit off of me. So I go to pick these things up. Dude, they must have weighed a couple hundred pounds. I needed wow. a crowd to come help me. And that's why he was screaming under there. I didn't realize they were that heavy, but I went to pick them up. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't. This isn't happening. So I, I had to wave the crowd over. <laughs> and I'm surprised he didn't get hurt or break anything. Okay, time. so. Oh. So the match Jimmy Jacobs have was I mean James James Gibson Jimmy Noble. Yeah, see, and I and and it was we were main eventing just because it was the tag titles and we had been building to this match with Brandon and B Boy for so long. Mm -hmm. My argument was, well, it's a singles now. Jimmy's the champion. Yeah. It's freaking James Gibson. He's Jamie Noble. Like, why in the world would I main event over them? But Jimmy yeah. Jimmy fought hard and and Jimmy got his way. Yeah. Okay, the next match on May 6th is a Texas Tornado match. Brian Bach and Big Brick are insane. A Texas Tornado match. Crazy, right? Oh, I got to be honest. I don't remember a single thing about that match. Okay, so yeah. next match. May next 20th. Match. After the the Delirious and PJ and Chad. Delirious, my guy. Okay, so that I kind of remember. But Delirious, Delirious is... Probably during that time, one of our absolute best friends. We all were potheads. We all Howard Stern fans. We all had the same sense of humor. We're all in a lot of the IWA shows and a lot of the NWA shows in for in Georgia. And we all had the same mentality as far as wrestling. Like my job is to go out there and make this guy look as good as possible, and vice versa. And super, super, super fun guy to work with. I would I would say hands down our best tag matches were probably with. Delirious and Seidel. We did one with Delirious and um, Hello Wicked that I would throw up there too. Okay, the next event is on, is on May 21. The first match you have, it, you have three matches on the show, three matches. Okay. You are a starter black set, freaking running center right now. What year was this? Between five. Five. That's right when he started, and he's a um, he was a student of Danny Daniels and man, you could see, like you could see right off the bat, what a talented guy that this is, right? He's obviously hands above, even from the very first day, he was better than everybody else. The problem at that time was he knew he was better than everybody else. And he was, he was very, just very much a dick, um, to quite a few guys. It didn't last long because he's, I mean, he's 18, you know, so it's, I'm not blaming him. But it was just a naivete at the time, and um, <clears throat> but super talented and just so much fun to work with. And the, that's another guy that we just in the ring we clicked. Yeah, do, do you remember the night that Ronnie Steve did a backflip of a wrestler? Oh, I, no, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. But he, I'm not surprised. Like I said, the guy is incredibly talented. Yeah, I think so, man. Yeah. yeah, I did a backflip of a fat guy on I Win Myself. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The next match is, um, is a Battle Royal. Only less than one minute. What the hell? Yeah, the Battle Royals, nobody wanted to be in. And so Ian would just kind of 
put you, throw you yeah. in there, you know, but nobody wanted to be in them. So yeah. you just kind of got it in and out as quick as you could. Yeah, I think so, right? So yeah. our next our next match is one of the most longest matches in your career. It's a okay. diminishing match lasting one hour. Oh, Country Boy Can't Survive. Yeah, the match. The, the eight-man the eight tag, right? I think it was me and Vito, Jimmy, BJ Whitmer, Jamie, yeah. James Gibson, Brandon, Josh, and was it Trick? Yes. Yes, of course. You, yeah. You, I think it's Trick, right? That's a good story. That's a really good story for that match. So that's that was, I think it was in a town called here in Illinois or Vincennes, Vincennes, Illinois, Southern Illinois, yes. horrible, horrible, horrible venue. We never, ever yeah. drew there. I don't know why we went there. So we were, we're going to, the entire card was different. That is not at all. Yeah. That wasn't the main event. That wasn't the matches that we were going to have. But by the, the time the show started, there were seven people in the crowd. It was just yeah. horrible. And I believe it was Dave Prezak. It was his idea. So he gathers everybody in the locker room and he goes, all right, guys, I got this. He goes, I don't know what else to do, but I got this idea. So he pitches us this eight-man tag and says, what if we do elimination style? And what if we go over an hour? 60 minutes, if we go over an hour, maybe that'll get enough buzz around this show to where even though the, the actual show day was such a money loser financially, maybe yeah. the, you know we can at least turn the DVD into something profitable. And for a while there, man, that was one of the one of the higher selling shows, the DVD itself, because it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was eight guys, seven in the crowd. We went over an hour, but really, Jimmy and Jamie Noble went over an hour. Like I think I got eliminated in the forty-five minute point or something like that, you know. But those two actually went an hour, and man, two months before that, Jamie Noble was on Monday Night Raw. So for yeah. a guy at his level to come to a shit town in front of seven people and be willing to not just go 60 minutes, but he worked his ass off the entire time. You know, that was such a cool match. We sat in the locker room afterwards for probably another hour as he dissected yeah. the entire match. Here's everything I thought was right. Here's everything I thought was wrong. Gave everybody compliments and then also saved my brother, my younger brother's life because Brandon thought he got bit by a spider. And it turned out he had staph infection <laughs> and Jamie saw it and yelled at us that night for not going to the hospital. And we, he went, Brandon went to the hospital the next day and was very fortunate because if it was another day or two, he probably would have, he probably would have had some serious, serious damage. So that was a hell of a night, man. That was a fun night. Yeah. Next is June 4, 2005. You, Brad Bradley, Jeff Davis versus Lawrence again in June 4. And that was probably just more random stuff because, like I said, we would probably even would have out of, say, 10 shows in one month, maybe two or three would be at bigger venues. Everything in the middle would just be matchups and it wouldn't have as much story carrying through it because of your A crew guys. You only had four or six of those guys. The rest yeah. of the card was was filled out with locals. And that was just a cost cutting measure, you know, not to say any of those guys weren't good. There were only so many spots and you always had like Ian was going to try and bring in a name, right? So if he brought in like a B-boy, well, that's an expensive talent, right? You have to offset that by having some, some cheaper talent. And me and my brothers were right in the middle, you know, so we were able to catch everything. But 
That would have, I tossed that up as one of the randoms. Okay. Next is Jimmy Lennon by a six-feet table smash. With who? The tables match with who? With, let me see. You, B-Boy, Brandon, Davey Andrews, and Anna, Austin, Eric Breeze, Ryan Boston, Davis, and 25 minutes. In Philadelphia, right? Yes. Yeah, so that, okay. <laughs> we were not scheduled to win that match. We were not scheduled to become the tag champs. Like I said, Eric Priest and Silas Young were the main tag team, and for the all this time up until this point, they were the team that was being focused on. And we were new guys and understood that. That's fine. You know, we're the secondary team. No big deal at all. The day of the show, Silas missed his flight. I can't remember what the reason was, but I just, I remember sitting in our car and, and Brandon came and said, hey, Ian needs to talk to you guys. Because with the three of us, we drove. It's, instead of three flights, for us, you could just pay one car's gas, right? So it's cheaper for Ian. So we drove and we're sitting in the parking lot and Brandon says, Ian, you got to talk to us. And we walk in and Ian said, all right, Silas missed his flight. Beto and I are the only other actual tag team in that advertised match. And so Ian kind of felt like he had no choice. It was a big show in Philly. Um, not to say that he wasn't a fan of ours, but we just weren't the plan. That was just not the plan. But he felt like backed into a corner. I think he didn't have much of an alternative and said, okay, screw it. I'm going to put Vito and Sal over tonight, and then we ended up winning. But that that was not the plan until maybe four hours before the show. Yeah. So Ian Ian Run was behind this or not? He was behind it, but because he had to, he didn't have yeah. a choice. Like si Silas and Priest, uh, Silas and Eric Priest were the guys he w that were going to win that night. Well, now you have you have the guys that are supposed to win. One of them's not there. The other tag team is the guys that are the champions. The other tag team is Vito and I, and then the two other teams are just singles guys put together. So they're not a real team, you know? Okay, so he so just, I think he still wanted a title change, and then we were the only choice left. Okay. Next match is Swimman team for the fucking titles. You versus Ryan Bass and Chuck Davis at 16 minutes and 14 minutes. More random. Yeah. More random. Yeah. There's random. I mean, I, I wish that me and Trick had a had a storyline. We yeah. worked so many times, but we just did it for no reason. Okay, next match is 2019. They are in scenes for Brandon, your brother, and Tyler Black. Oh, I remember that. Okay. I oh this is a this is a good story too. That was in Streamwood. Streamwood, yeah. Illinois, right? Okay. So it was, I believe, our first or second title defense. I can't remember which. And now we're like, we're sitting in the locker room thinking like, okay, so Ian didn't want to go with us. We're going to show him. Let's go out there and show him why we should be the tag champs or why we're the best tag team. And, and my brother Brandon and Tyler were both like, yeah, we're going to do everything we can tonight to make sure Vito and Sal look like the best tag team. So that was all of our game plan. And we put together, like we planned every single move and we put together just a ridiculous spot fest for 18 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it was. And we went out there and I, we did good. There's a couple little flubs here or there, but I remember coming to the locker room and just being so excited and all four of us high-fiving each other and everything. And then, and then Ian walks by and he, I have never, ever in wrestling or outside of wrestling, I have never in my life been chewed out that hard 
for that long. He walked down an entire 50-foot hallway, did three or four laps around the four of us, and then walked back the entire... And he never stopped the whole time. That was the biggest piece of bullshit I've ever seen. You guys fuck... I mean, just everything he could... He just ripped it apart. And we just stood there like, okay. Like, (laughs) all right, I thought we did good. But then he came back later, and it was the most important information Vito and I ever got. He said, I don't want you guys to do spot matches. And he gave us the best advice he'd ever given. He said, go home, watch Tully and Arn. And we did. And we completely changed, <clears throat> we completely changed our style. And we did it a lot more like a horseman style and, and working matches. And really for like the next six months after that, Vito and I just, we refused to plan anything but the last two minutes of the match and we said we're just going to wing it we're going to go if we have 12 minutes we're going to make up you know nine of them on the fly and we're going to okay. commit to sucking for a while but eventually we're going to get better and that was a big change but i just remember that match where we thought we did so good and we were so happy and and ian just shit all over us but it was a good thing it was the right reason it, we were okay. doing what he wanted you know Okay, the next match is on July 2nd, Gen 5, the most creepy match of all time. Full control of Highway Metal Door, Kids, War Games. Oh, yeah. I think that was Vito, that might have been Vito's idea. To, to, Vito's always really, he's, he's the, I would say this, like out of the three of us, you get the blend of us together, all three of us, and it's a, it's a, we're a very formidable unit, but Vito's very much the creative force. Most of the ideas and a lot of the things, that it just starts with him. He's, he's got a brain that never turns off. Brandon is the physical force. There is nothing he can't do. He's super, super athletic. And then when it comes bell to bell, I don't think any, either one of them can touch me. I think I'm the best at that part. And so when we, none of us have an ego about it, you know. But that idea was, I believe, Vito's idea to yeah. have in because we we had a building big enough for two rings and we had two rings. He ended, and so he just kept pushing for it and pushing for it. The only negative is that all this time where we've been feuding with Brandon, this was supposed to be the night that Brandon was finally going to get the to pin me and Vito and get to beat us. He's the good guy. the The rivalry is over. Brandon was supposed to get that. And then I can't remember why, but like an hour before the show, Ian changed his mind and Brandon wasn't even on the card. He didn't get to be in the match. He didn't get to even wrestle that night. And yeah. the worst part of that is the the locker room that you're in, once you, the show starts, you can't leave the locker room. So for like seven hours, Brandon was stuck. <laughs> he couldn't leave the locker room. He yeah. couldn't work a match and he didn't get to get his win over us. It just never ended up happening. Okay, so the next match is on July, July 9th, the Bad Breed, the Axe Run, and with Darren Saints to lose the fucking titles. Yeah, yeah, that was supposed to be, um, Axel had just, I think it was, he was, he was gonna go to WWE. This was when they were starting the ECW brand, so Axel was gonna leave in like two or three months, and Vito had just mentioned one night to Ian, like, ah, oh, I guess we'll never see the Iron Saints versus the Bad Breed, because that's Ian and Axel. Ian called two days later. He said, hey, you know, in, I think it was in Hammond, Indiana. He yeah. said, hey, we're, we're going to do it in Hammond. And so for me, I wanted more than one match. I wanted yeah. two matches. So I just pitched Ian. I said, what if you guys win the belts tonight? We'll get them back next week. Okay. And that, that was what we were supposed to do. So 
I won't get ahead of you. So that's why they, so, they beat us for the tag titles that night. So I, ha- I have newsletters from Beard Touch and Wrestling Server, and I have a story of that match. Do you mind? Go ahead. Story. Not of my absence was actual one, who was replaced on the post by storyline from Ian Rock. On the Ewan Mitchell website, Ian Rock's wife posted that he was committed to the ESL drop rehab. That's what it sense for saying repeatedly when he felt his physical attitude in taking Monroe before his triple title match. Okay, I'm was, sorry, but you broke up there a little bit. I didn't know, I don't know if you asked me a question or not. Action one into drug rehab. You remember that? Yes. And he was, but it was like, that was the beginning of the downfall for Axel. Because he was still, he was still in really, he was not in, I wouldn't say good shape, but he was sober a lot. So he was yeah. around a lot, right? But yeah. that was like, that became, that became part of the issue why we never got the tag titles back and we had to win it in the tournament because it just, it was hit or miss. Axel would make it, Axel wouldn't make it. You know, there was one night where, I mean, I hate to speak ill of the dead, but it's the truth. There was one night where Ian was so pissed off that Axel stole money from him for oh his God. drug addiction, you know, and. Of course, he forgave him, and I believe Axel paid him back. Like that was, but it would it was touch and go. Every week it would change, and so it just became really hard to to maintain anything. But at the time of this match, that was just starting. So it was starting to fall apart in the coming weeks, but not up to that point yet. So, so you so what are your thoughts on Axel? Do you have any funny stories with him on backstage? Yeah. Yeah. I okay, so <laughs> I do remember one. Axel, I will say he's he's a very smart guy, and yep. I asked him a lot of advice. And he was, I'm one of those guys that man, if you're a veteran and I saw you in the locker room, I'm gonna sit my bag next to you. I'm gonna ask you questions until you get annoyed, because there's a lot. I'm a nerd. I'm, I'm at the end of the day, and I just want to learn. Axel would sit the whole night, answer all my questions. He had no problem with that. Super super nice guy. We'd end up sitting there for an hour or two after the show, just kind of BSing. But I do remember one time, I can't remember why, but it was the, we got on the topic of wearing bandanas in the ring. And I think, I think Axel thought it was a good idea. So we shit on it, just, you know, joking around. I can't remember exactly what the reason was, but Axel bet me that I wouldn't wear a bandana in our, the next match. It was not this one where they, it might've been actually that night where they beat us. Um, and so I went out in, in my in pants. I, I had my trunks and everything underneath it. And when we got out there, I yanked my pants off. And he, and he saw the bandanas. And we're all trying not to laugh, you know, because it's a rib. I just got him on the rib. But the reason that it was so good was the bet was that if I did do it, and if I made him laugh, that he would have to come in the locker room and take a razor blade and cut his balls. Yeah. And true to his word, man, he so, lost the bet. We came in the locker room. He took his pants down and he cut his own balls. Okay. <laughs> so, do you do you have high spots wrestling network only for now? I think he was very smart. Yeah, his work, like to me, a good worker doesn't necessarily mean good catches, catch can, or good technical wrestling, right? Yeah. Tully Blanchard said it in a, in a in his shoot interview. Psychology is making them the loudest for the longest. That's it. Can I make them forget that this is fake? Can I make them forget that they're at a show and just get caught up in the moment? And yeah. I thought he was brilliant, man. He was very, very smart and just given some of the details and the finer points. Um, he would have gotten a lot further. It was just, it was the demons. It was the drug addiction that by this point, it was getting out of hand. 
That means so, he's been maintaining it for years at that. Yeah. You know. So I, I, I watched a Bush Mahoney shoot interview from 2009, and Bush said that in a TV action gun was crying for, I don't know, for not booking on Raw, right? I mean, I guess that kind of stuff comes to opinion, you know? Um, yeah. It's hard. It's just it, it, you're trying to think of business, but you're all, that's your friend, you know? And yeah. There's a, unfortunately, like that's, that's been something that I've experienced for years and years with guys in the business that OD or get sick or what, whatever the case is, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. So in the next match, moving on, we have, um, in July 29, Gary Sainz, Ben Pichay and Chad Quiller. I don't remember that one at all. Okay. Next match, July 30. This is, uh, this is the most smallest arena. It is Battle of the Future Superstars. Merrick Brave and Terry Black to Darren Saints. Yeah, we 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 wanted to work with those guys. Um, yeah. And they were new, and it was, it was I yeah. can't remember. Did you say 2006? No, five, five. 2005, yeah. At that point, we wanted to work with those guys, and I think I may have accidentally chipped Merrick's tooth in that match. I had him in the corner, and I threw a clothesline and told him to duck. And as I spun around and he spun around, his chin connected with my elbow, purely by accident. So but that was one of the few times that we ever had issues um, like that, like timing issues. But I just enjoyed working with them. Yeah, and that August 5, 2005, the rematch, that three versus the Iron Kings, 21 minutes and 52, by everything. Was that a three-way or was that just a tag match? No, a tag match. Okay, yeah, that would have been by request from us. Okay. August 6, I'm going to match with Josh and you. Eight minutes, 45 minutes. That, I think that was Lethal Lottery. That was the first Lethal Lottery where um, it was legitimate. Nobody, none of us, none of the wrestlers knew the lineup. Nobody yeah. knew who was going to wrestle who. So the funniest part was seeing everyone behind the, the curtain doing their elastic bands and push-ups and spraying with bottles and getting ready and warmed up to go. And then, like, two guys get called and then... 18 guys get pissed and they have to wait but nobody okay. knows who's going to wrestle right so yeah. i don't know i'm going to wrestle josh until i'm in the ring and he's coming out but that yeah. was our i mean we stole the show that night and by far yeah. we killed it but that was the thing it's like josh and i for whatever reason man it just it just clicked it was perfect oh oh i forgot about june 11 on the 11 show there was a match so brutal you, you know what i'm talking about you know what alone. It was Samoa Joe and Negro Butcher. Oh, my God. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and that was, uh, yeah, because there was some heat, I think, not necessarily directly with them, but, like, two other. There was some issue with Necro had been stiff with somebody, and I think Joe was in defense of it, and so they are going to book a match. Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy match. I watched them in the locker room before and after. Handshakes, very professional, very cordial, but it didn't yeah. look like they were too, they were, they were going to be buddies, you know. And it was a stiff, <laughs> it was a stiff match. Yeah, I remember that that Joe did almost break Necro's poacher's neck. Yeah, I remember Necro. He suplexed Necro under the floor, and Necro landed like head first, and immediately split his head, and it was just blood everywhere. It was it was brutal, but that's what Necro did back then, man. He was. 
if you knew him as a person, Dylan, like that guy, <clears throat> he didn't have to sell as much as he did. He, that yeah. dude is one of the, like, I've never, I've only seen one guy really beat him up in a match, and that was Masada when they went toe to toe. But other than that, Necro could really hold his own. But Dylan, the guy in the locker room, is such a super nice guy and friendly with absolutely everybody that he was willing to take that level of punishment. Yeah. One question. Do you ever see Necro Buster drunk in a way? Yes. <laughs> Plenty of times. Yes. Yeah. Not, not just drunk. <clears throat> yeah. I like I, Necro and I are both nerds and we like politics and we like philosophy and we like science and we read a lot of books. So he and I would we talk often. Yeah. Okay. The next match is August nineteen. Never think this or this unethical one in the corner. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that was uh, in Midlothian. He was just getting started in the business, so he was nowhere near. But just a very nice guy and willing to do whatever he wanted to do. And you said Mickey, right? Mickey Knuckles. Yeah, yeah, I liked, I liked working Mickey because she didn't sell much at the time. Yeah. And so there might have been a few times where I may have knocked her out. So, oh but we're good. We were friends. Like, it wasn't like, it's just, let's, we, it was that understanding of, hey, let's just bring it tonight. Let's see what happens. You know? Okay. The next match is September 10th. It's a semi-final match. You versus Simply Marvelous, Kevin Tillian Fury, and Vicky Kuzla. Wait, wait, say that again? And Vivian Fury and Vicky Kuzla. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Sorry. Okay, uh, and the finals are you versus the Luis Amatzaidel. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another fun one. I just, again, those, it, we just it clicked so well. Seidel is a ridiculous athlete. That dude is insane. He's almost like Sabu in, the, in that he has thumbs on his feet, you know, and he can just grip the top rope with his feet. That guy is in, incredibly talented, still going super hard today. So more power to so, him. That was next, some fun times. Yeah. yeah, the next match is your first step invitation or color fucking color black. Right. Okay. So that, and I believe that was night two, and yeah. we weren't originally booked on the show. It was supposed to be Tyler versus AJ Styles, and wow. there was some discrepancy with with money. And I believe Bill Barons was AJ's agent at the time and pulled AJ off the show, which is why, if you look at my gear, I didn't wear trunks that night. I wore tights like like AJ. I had him made real quick. Brandon always made our gear just to. I don't know, trying to get a little bit of heel heat. But that match wasn't even supposed to happen. We were, we were, yeah. I'm sorry, that was night one. We were only scheduled to be night two against um, Tank and Rayman. That just happened because AJ, uh, it, it fell through last minute. Uh, you talk about Rayman and Tank. You preach against Rayman and Tank. Oh my God. That was my favorite. That was one of my favorite tag matches because we were standing in the locker room and just trying to figure this thing out. And it's like, we weren't sure how to put this match together because we were supposed to win. We're the heels. But man, they're tank Rayman is twice as big as us and Tank is three times as big as us. And yeah. we know we knew them from Georgia. We're super like very good friends with, with Rayman, but really tight with Tank. And yeah. just super boys, you know, and trying to figure out how do we do this, how do we do this, how do we do this? 
And then I pitched one idea, which was the where they put both of us on tanks back and he did the double Samoan drop. And Vito's eyes got this big and then he spit like 10 more ideas because that got him excited, you know. Um, but I do remember in particular like that night, Mike Quackenbush was there and yeah. he came up yeah. and said yeah. something and um, Brian Danielson was there. And he came up and said something afterwards, just putting our match over and say, telling us we did a good job, especially on the finish, because we did something really cheating, shitty and cheating to make sure that Tank and Rain Man look good. Um, and I just remember those guys, if those guys came up to you and said you had a good match, well, then yeah. damn it, you had a good match, you know. The next match is October 13th. It's Darren Saints versus 221 and Responsible and the Black Okay, 21 and Responsible. That was Brandon and Josh. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. That was a, it was a town that had a bad snowstorm either that night or the year before. The match was okay. It wasn't anything, but I remember Billy Gunn being there that night. And I remember getting to sit with him afterwards and he tore apart the match. And so to get a, like, to me, I, I love tag team wrestling. I don't know who would be better than Billy Gunn. Because he's been so successful for so long with multiple partners, right? Road dog. Yeah, I mean, not just. I mean, I even like. I liked it all the way through the. I thought Chuck and Billy was great. Like, if you yeah. watch as a tag team, it's fantastic. So yeah. I'm a. I'm. I was a huge fan getting to sit there and watch him. But the coolest part that night was in the locker room, and I think the main event was Jimmy Jacobs against Colt Cabana. Yeah. And Vito and I were aligned with with Jimmy. So we were going to be involved in the finish, and then that was going to bring out 21 and Irresponsible and Black and Brave. And so, like, we bookend the show with all of us from the earlier match, too. Uh-huh. And Jimmy and Cabana are putting the, match, the finish together, and they can't figure out what they want to do. Billy Gunn is taking a nap on the yeah. bench in the locker room, and, like, he's got his hat over his head. And just like The Undertaker, he sits up, and he takes his hat off, and he goes, guys, may I? We're like, yeah. Yeah. Of course and he just boom do this then you do this then you come here then you go here then you do this then you do this then you do this there you go and he laid back down and he put his head hat back on his face and went back to sleep yeah. and i was just like wow that guy's a pro <laughs> yeah. yeah the next match is one of one of the you maybe marking out it's ian or justin credible you it's who against me justin credible and ian Juan. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this was the, I think it was a triple shot weekend. And it was going to, it was supposed to be, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. It was like three nights in a row, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And we're going to wrestle those guys, I think all three nights. And the original plan was to lose the tag titles at the, the anniversary show on that Saturday night. Right. Yeah. So kind of the story going into the whole, the whole thing is Ian and we've been feuding with Ian. Vito and I, we started that feud by accident with the tag titles, right? And then I said, we want one more, so let's get a rematch. He, Axel getting into in and out because of drug alcohol issues actually lengthened the storyline. Yeah. Vito then, then we injured Ian on accident, so Ian's out. Vito says we need to start cutting promos every show or we're going to lose this angle. <clears throat> so for months, we're just keeping it going on promos. We're finally to this point where the feud that was never supposed to happen has been going on at this point for like maybe eight months and is doing really well and is probably the the top angle of the company at this point. 
But it's time to pay it off. It's time to finish it up. And we're going to drop the tag titles to Ian and Just Incredible on the Saturday night show. So we're going to beat them Thursday. We're going to beat them Friday. And then we're going to lose to them on Saturday. Well, Vito had been pitching this idea for months that everybody knew it's a family-run company. So Ian's booker, owner of the company, his wife, Patty, runs the ticket table. Um, Mickey is like an adopted daughter. She does concessions. Jim Fannin's like a adopted brother. He does the merch. Um, and and I think, and Nick Manawa, the, uh, which was Patty's nephew, he did music. And Ian's kid, John Calvin, ran around the shows. Eight years old. Now he's, he's the same age as the company. So I think this was ninth anniversary. He would have been nine. And Vito had been pitching for months. Let us grab John Calvin. That's Ian's son. Let us throw him in the ring. We'll hook our finish, the double stomp. Like we're going to kill this little kid. We'll never do it. You know, Ian will hit the ring and then we'll we'll run away. But for months, Vito had been pitching this and pitching this, and Ian just kept saying, no, no, we're never doing this. We're never doing this. Well, finally, Ian told us one day, he said, I, call, I called Child Protective Services. I told him, this is what I do. This is my job. This is an angle we want to do. Am I allowed to do this? And apparently they said, yeah, as long as it's like it's predetermined, like then it's fine. Go for it. You know, no big deal. Yeah. So the idea was we're going to start the show on Saturday with this angle. We're going to grab John Calvin. We're going to throw him in the ring. Ian's going to come save. We'll let go of John Calvin, beat up Ian. Justin comes to save. Then we'll run away. And that'll just build the anticipation from the beginning of the show to the end of the show. That was the extent of it. We did that angle. The crowd went ballistic. We came to the locker room. Ian said, no way are we ending this feud. We got to keep going. You guys are going to win tonight. Okay, well, that's a change of plans because that's not, a, again, this accidental feud that went eight months, we weren't planning on going any further anyway. Yeah. So he goes, I, I need something, though. I need something good tonight. What do we do? So at that point, we'd also been feuding with Brandon for months. So we pitched, what if Brandon and Josh turn and join us? And that's what we ended up doing that night to keep it going for, I think we ended up going like another four or five, six months, something like that. But that was 100% supposed to be the end of the feud, and we were supposed to lose the tag titles, but Ian finally agreed to do the idea that Vito had pitched for many months, and it, like, catapulted the angle. Yeah. Okay, and the next match is, I think I know this qualification, but I think you are incredible, but in a contest. Why in a contest? That, I think that was just to keep it going. Okay, so November 18th. It's you and the Ruiz against Matt Seidel in the tag titles by anybody's qualification. Yep, that was, so we can't, I don't think we wanted to beat them because a lot of, Vito and I started arguing with Ian saying, we're beating everybody. Like, this is not good. We're heels and we're kind of starting to get heat. We're not, you know, and especially with Delirious and Seidel, that's two guys you don't need to beat. They, should, they need to look like they're better than us, but we very much enjoyed working with them. That was like as close to a feud as we're going to get with them considering their schedule. They just weren't going to be in that much, but good times though, man. That was a, those are fun yeah. guys to work with. November 19th, is Tiki Otis, Delirious, Ian Wan, Mickey Knuckles, Dash, and Aaron Saints, and Vito on the fifth power step. Was that in, was that in Plainfield? No, it, yeah, people, yes. Okay. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was like, f it was four four on five. 
And then yeah. I think they ended up having John Calvin, Ian's son, because we grabbed John Calvin. So there was a point where John Calvin was going to get revenge on us. And so we lost. If it's not a title match, which now it's an eight man or something like that, we can lose without actually losing the belts. And we can get John Calvin to get revenge back on me. Yeah. Okay, and the next match is one mark. It's the December 16th against Gracie J and Lotus. Ah, yeah. Irish Airborne. They, when they first came in, man, we put, I pushed so hard. Vito did too. We pushed harder than for, than for anything else. We wanted to be in a feud with these guys. To yeah. me, they were the babyface version of us. Old yeah. school looking tag team in trunks. Catches, catch can, tattoos, like the, the good guy version of us. For some reason, Ian never, ever would do it. And then we ended up, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit so I can explain it, but we ended up having a little bit of heat with those guys. And Ian didn't know, and he just happened to finally book the match that next week. Yeah. And it never happened because they just, they would not, we were pissed and they wouldn't work. Yeah. They wouldn't show up to the shows if they were booked against us. Yeah, so, so that, that derailed the whole thing. The next night is a Survivor Series style elimination match. In December 17. Okay, so that would have, and I don't even know what town, but I, I can guarantee you it's, it's, it's close to the holidays. So yeah. we're, run, we're running all the shows at half the cost. So that's probably why it was like a combined Survivor Series. I don't know who was even in it barely remember that one. Yeah, I will tell you four names, okay? Are you okay. telling me? I story, say. Copper Robinson. <laughs> you know what? Now I remember the match you're talking about. Okay. This was when Ian came back from his from we broke his skull on accident and he came back after his uh time off and now Ian's going to beat us. This is supposed to be the the they're not getting the tag titles yet, but it's the end of the, you know, he's getting some comeuppance on us. Yeah. And that was the night where we knew going into this match, like, oh, this whole thing is designed for us to get us get our asses kicked, and yeah. we're gonna and and it's some heavy hitters. So yeah, I'll, I'll you I'll let you say the names, but Corporal Robinson, probably one of my best friends in the business, super super cool guy, uh, guy I trust with you know wholeheartedly, had great matches, punches like a motherfucker, and kicked my ass that night. Yeah, next is Nate Webb. Nate Webb was the only guy on that team that did not beat us up. Nate Webb was the only guy. Nate was light and worked with us great. Everybody else beat the shit out of us. One, <laughs> the other one is Eddie Kingston. That was on your team. Eddie's on our team. And so poor Eddie. Eddie had been, he had been in IWA for a little bit. Then he was gone. He had some something with Ian. And then now we elevated to like, we're the main act. And... Now we have a little bit of say so, so we pushed hard. But like, we want Eddie back. We want. And, I love Eddie. And, and number four, the most artistic, most barbaric wrestler, New Jack. New Jack. That's another guy that was actually super light. He was really, 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 really fun to work with. I just remember him coming in the entrance, and he had like a ten foot chain with a ten inch knife on the end of it, and he was already bleeding. I'm like, man. He's already bleeding, and it's the entrance. Like I'm, I'm gonna get killed tonight. Like there's nothing. Yeah. Do you have any New Jack stories from that event? That's not really, because he wasn't like. It, every time I saw him, it was just hi, hi, nice to see you, sir. You know, good to see you again. That night, he worked all of his spots with Eddie. 
he didn't work with anybody else. It's just the way it worked out to make it comfortable. I worked all my spots with Necro. You know, everybody had one person that we were working with. Okay. And and I thought Eddie had the short straw. I thought he was gonna get his ass kicked. Jack was the nicest guy in that match. You know, I, I got Necro. Necro kicked the shit out of me. Yeah. So the next match is on February 17. Um you uh, I'm sorry, generally chunky, I'm sorry. Ace against the switch shooters, Apollo Star and Drew Jansen. I think they were just getting um, a tryout that night, Soul Shooters. I'm not sure that, because I think it was in Indianapolis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number, the next match is against, there is a match, there is a match for a third time. I don't remember that one at all. Next is February 17. It's against the Pat February 17. Yeah, that match. And that would have been, I think we were supposed to win the tag titles back that night, but they forgot the belts. Yeah, and the next match so on February 18 is a Barbwire Rose match. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me back up. No, I got that wrong. It was like two months before that where we were, it was a regular tag match, Vito and I against the Bad Breed, and we lost only because they forgot the tag titles. The February one that you're saying, now it's supposed to be, now we're back to, okay, we're going to lose the tag titles. So we were supposed to lose it to Ian and Justin Credible, Momentum is too good. Let's keep it going. February, it's barbed wire ropes. We're going to wrap the ropes in barbed wire. We're going to, we get to the building and with the idea that we're going to lose the belts tonight. So we're sitting back around by the ring and the, the fans aren't in the building yet. And Ian, at that time, you got to understand, Ian's running a lot of shows. Maybe at one show a month is, is drawing more than 100 people. Maybe. Most of the shows were financial money losses live. He was making money yeah. on the DVDs. Well, this is the first time that it, it's it's a little bit up. And he said there's 100 people outside just before the doors even start. Yeah. We can, we can do one more match. Yeah. Are you guys willing to do the Taipei death match the next month? Of course. You know, we, we knew when we got into a feud with Ian at some point we're going to have to do some gimmick matches. And we were fine with that. I, I didn't want to yeah. do it as a career, but here and there, I, I had no problem with that. So... We went to the show again thinking we're going to lose. And again, Ian changed his mind because we just had too much momentum. Yeah. On the match on February 18, did the, did the barbed wire hurt your back because it was so hard, right? It was okay. It wasn't in the barbed wire ropes. It's, barbed wire is weird. Like if you just eh, softly hit it and it pokes into your skin, it hurts. Really, it hurts. But if you hit it really, really hard, for some reason it doesn't. It's not that bad. And when you wrap the ropes around it, there's a lot of, it's like a, like a spongy. So it's not yeah. just firm poking at you. you. You bump into it and everything kind of moves. It wasn't that bad. It was the, when they took the ropes down and put the barbed wire up the next did, month. Did you, pra- did you practice that with barbed wire for the match? No. Okay. So February 27th, um, our news. And Mid South was doing a WrestleMania weekend event in Illinois. You remember that news? Yeah, yeah. I think like Samoa Joe was on the card. I believe Spike Dudley was on the card. It was a good house too. It was like in the in the neighborhood of like 500 or something like that. So it was a really good house and a really really fun show. It was yeah. cool because you had a lot of fans that were from around the country and around the world that yeah. only saw IWA on DVD. This was their first time to come see, not like us, but the company, IWA, live. So yeah. when you, that kind of fan, 
that doesn't get to come every show, it was just fun to have them in the building. Like the, the yeah. amount of energy that was there, it was cool to meet the fans and talk to them afterwards, you know. Uh, so it was, yeah. that was an awesome event. Yeah, the Baraluses, uh, it would be on the afternoon show, not to, not to compete with the, the uh, Ring of Honor. It was, it was, I think we, it was matinee to just not get in the way. Yeah. Cause that was the, that was the very, very, very beginning of indie companies following WrestleMania to whatever, yeah. wherever WrestleMania was. Okay. And the next match is the Tapai death match. Oh my God. That one was now with Madman Pondo. Yeah. Pondo. And, okay. Question so, for you. Yes. Do you have Madman Pondo's book? I, I've read it. I don't own the book, but I have. I did in the past, and I lost it when one of the moves. And fantastic book. Yeah. I love. It, I love the guy. I think he's super funny, and yeah. just and man, hanging out with him in the locker room. Like you guys only get to see the wrestling portion of it. Like he's a super funny guy. But that day, this is. I'll try to say this quickly, but this is a really funny story. Um, so we're so we're going to now be the main event, right? So on a show like that. From a wrestler standpoint, you're proud to be the main event, but it's a pain in the ass, man. I got to be there at like two o'clock in the afternoon. My match isn't until 10 o'clock tonight. That's eight yeah. hours just sitting around and waiting and doing nothing. You know, it just, it gets really boring and tiresome. So for whatever reason, Nate Webb had a plastic pitchfork, like, like a, like a, if you're, if for a Halloween costume, you know, like a devil's outfit, you have the little looks like a it's like a stick like this with with the horns on it i don't know where he got it from he had one of those and the whole night that was it's been going on for about a couple weeks where nate would if you're not paying attention he'd just be like hey alex and then he'd turn and he'd throw it at you and it's plastic so it doesn't hurt but yeah. it would scare you and then the whole locker room would break out into fake laughter and point at the guy and just whatever yeah. you, it's just goofy stuff you're doing because you got you know you, you're pulling pranks okay <clears throat> for whatever reason Nate decided to do this to Ian right before our match. Nate and Ian then get face-to-face -face and are about to fight. It gets heated, like really heated, really, really heated, and it's about to go to blows. So we all jump on, right, to break them apart and everything. And I just remember me, Vito, and Chris Hero, we grab Ian, and we're holding him for a while, and he finally calms down. Like, are you sure we can let you go? And he said, yeah. I'm like, boss, I'm not joking. Like, you're not going to go after him. He said, no, 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 I'm fine. We let Ian go. He grabs a fork out of his pocket. He starts running after Nate again. So, of course, the three of us jump back on. And the funniest part, man, we're holding, we're holding Ian. And Ian, he's screaming. And he calms down and he says, guys, I love all three of you. But I swear to God, if you don't let go right now, I'm going to stab you with this knife or with this fork. <clears throat> Well, that's all Vito and I needed to know. We just let go, right? Not Chris. Team player, Chris, like this, just held on to him. Ian stabbed Chris like four or five times in the arm. <laughs> and me and Vito are just watching it like, oh, my God. And Chris goes, guys, oh, shit. Right, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then we jump back and grab him. Is on March 24, and this is the first match you ever had with Ricochet and Chuck Taylor. Yes, that was their that was their second night in the company. Yeah, Ricochet with, with Hale, right? Yes, very, very skinny. That was Ricochet in his senior year of high school. He wasn't even graduated high school yet, but Ian introduced them to us. He said, hey, you're going to work with these guys for the next few months. Teach them the work. It's like, okay. Yeah. 
but they were super fun, super, super, super fun. And and other than probably right up there with Delirious and Seidel as as my favorite team to work. Okay, so April number one is the Orange Saints and Eddie Kingston, Matt Eisen, and Larry Sweeney. That was such a fun match. That was the WrestleMania one. And it was cool that Spike was there, Matt Heisen. But for for all of us, like Larry Sweeney, and especially since, you know, he died young, and um, his name is Alex, and he's a very good friend of ours. But anytime, like, you're in the ring with Sweeney, his character is so huge that everybody can do comedy now. You don't, you could be a serious, serious wrestler. But if you're in the ring with Sweeney, it's acceptable. It makes perfect sense to do comedy. And so that yeah. match was just so much fun, just because it was yeah. completely different than what we did. I believe Eddie Kingston was in it. I think um, I think Eddie Kingston was in it, or Ricochet might have been in it. But it was a, just, you know, a few of our friends. It was a good time, and, and just to have matches with Sweeney, man. Love that guy. Okay, the next match is another match in Xbox 21. It is um, Bulgar, it's the power brain damage, and the range in the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's two guys that by that time Vito and I were like locker room leaders. So they showed us a lot of respect, which we appreciated because in reality they could have killed us and there's nothing we could have done about it. But super, super nice guys. And um, I believe it's brain damage. His name is Marvin. He's no longer with us. He, he passed away young as well. But in the ring, we called him the Terminator because you just could not hurt the guy. But in the locker room, I don't think I've ever met a nicer person. Just super yeah. calm, very gentle, very sweet. I got injured one night and he went out of his way to run around and get me stuff and make sure that I was okay, you know? So very, very nice guy. Okay, the next match is not April the two, two matches you have. One is a Banco Stampede Power Royal. I think, <laughs> I think in that Battle Royal, nobody wanted to do that Battle Royal and Toby Klein, ran into it with a staple gun and he started stapling the shit out of my brother brandon in his leg oh well yeah. we all got terrified and just everybody just jumped out of the ring and ran back and said i'm screw this i'm not doing this well they stayed and wrestled brandon and toby and then i can't yeah. remember who won but that was the rib that they pulled on all of us toby had the staple gun empty so there was no staples in it but the click 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 it just scared everybody and we all ran out <laughs> and then they yeah. just they stole the match. The next match it was on the same show was an American kickboxer. Yeah, I can't and I can't remember who his partner was. Um, I love kickboxer. He's he's a cool guy and he was from the previous IWA generation and super super nice guy and we got along really well. The problem was at this time Ian had us in two feuds. One feud with Chuck and Ricochet. And another feud with American Kickboxer and just a random partners. But the Chicago crowd was more new IWA and the Indiana Indianapolis crowd was more old IWA. So instead of feuding us with Chuck and, and Ricochet in Chicago and American Kickboxer in Indianapolis, Ian flipped it. Okay. And so none of our matches really got any traction. None, none of it ever worked, and it didn't really help with the card. So on May 18th, you face El Generico. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was, out of the three of us, I think Ian picked me just because he knew I would take his finish. 
and his finisher, the thing, the the brain buster into the into the top turnbuckle. Um, super cool move, but it was super soft, super easy, and generico, man. You can see him working today. That guy's still great today. Just super yeah. easy guy to work with. Very very friendly. We had a blast. Ask Shane. Yeah, it was a blast. It was one of it was one of my more fun matches. Okay, the next match is on May 19th. It's on Tampa, Florida again, and an amazing match with Chad Ray and Ricochet. That was a fun one too, and that was <clears throat> the first night that we. Ricochet did the double moonsault, yeah. and I knew we were going to work with with them coming up like five to ten matches. I knew we were going to have the. I didn't know when, but I knew in advance we were going to have a bunch of matches. So I told Trevor, that's his, Ricochet's name, um, and he and I hit it off big time. Like he was like big big brother, little brother a little bit at that time. Um, and so I told him, I said, we're going to come up with every single way that we can to tease the double moonsault and to fuck over the double one salt where you'll you'll just never get it you'll you'll okay. and, and finally eventually you'll hit me but we'll pull the ref we'll do something you know until a, one day when he'll beat me with it and this was in the process of that it was one of the first or second times where he hit the move and the crowd thought it was going to end but it didn't and man the reactions were great he was a super fun guy to work with okay the next match is on june 16 it's the orange scenes for american box and the king's name in my dq in Midlothian? Yeah, in, uh, yeah. In, in, uh, yeah. That wasn't a good that wasn't a good match. The, we were um and especially Kickboxer was upset because I think we had two matches that night and we were supposed to rep, like entrances, the entire match and the post match beatdown uh for a feud that we've been doing for a few months and Ian gave us four minutes in that match. Vito and I were gonna work in a second match right after that. So we were going to get plenty of time that night, but I felt bad for Kickboxer that all he got was four minutes and he didn't even get much off. Like the way Ian booked it, he didn't get much offense or it just it just didn't work out. And I remember I remember him being pretty upset about that. Him and Ian okay. had a little rift on that. Now next match is in 2019. At 3-way dance, they're in Saints versus Team Underground. And yeah, I'm looking at was four minutes only. Ian, that was against Ian and Mickey? Okay. Yes, I'm still under. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was we were in the locker room right before going out, and Ian told me to make sure that I watch my forearms. Which, at that time, you know, I, I'm still the calmest Thomaselli, but I wasn't taking shit from anybody. And for of all people, of Ian to tell me not to stiff somebody when I'm working with him and Mickey. So I said yeah. okay, and then we had we started the match, and I just let them hit me as much as they wanted. And yeah. get all your shots in. Let's see what happens. And they they potatoed me back and forth. And then I just remember I looked at Ian. I smiled. I grabbed Mickey and I knocked her out. Yeah. Okay. The next match is in July 15. The Orange Saints versus American Baxter and Jimmy Schulte in an OTQ. That was uh, a. It was weird because we finished the feud with American Kickboxer. So why give us now? We're going to continue, even though yeah. he told us we're done. So it was weird. It didn't work. But it, it gave Jimmy, uh, we liked Jimmy Shalwin and we were pushing for Jimmy. So it just kind of gave him something to get on the card. <laughs> yeah, and the next match is on August 11th. Darren Saints and Britain came back to the game and took Davis in two minutes. I mean, two guys for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. You know, August 12th. The Orange Saints versus Chuck and Ricochet, the uh, deep south tackling titles. Our entire 
rivalry with Chuck and Ricochet. It, I wish we had more um, storyline. I wish we had more promos. I wish we had been given more say so. At that time, we weren't like we pitched ideas, but that was it. If Ian said yes, great. If he said no, then no. Um, those matches were just to help. Truck and Trevor and, and Ricochet were young. They were just green. And they were super talented and going a lot of places. But at that time, that was our role, was to just teach them how to work. Okay, so the night is match. September 1, Little Athlete, your brother, his brother, Brandon Purcell. That would have been the second Lethal Lottery, yeah. I believe. And <laughs> so we didn't know. We're all just randomly getting picked. The funny part is the first three names picked was me, and then it was Brandon, and we had a match. But if that first match would have been a three-way, the third name, random drawing, was actually Vito. So it would have been crazy that the three of us got picked by complete random. Um, but I remember uh, Brandon beat the crap out of me that night, and... He didn't even realize I was standing in the ring until he got in the ring. He walked all the way out there, walked all the way around, did all kinds of stuff, walked into the ring, then realized it's me. So, but I just thought that was odd. You know, it was funny. The random pick was the two of us. Okay, September 15, 2016. Plainfield, yeah. We were coming to the show really, really, really late. Me, Vito, and Brandon. And so we had to, like, we had to get dressed in the car while we're driving. I remember pulling to the back of the building, and Ian met us there. As we get out of the car, we're just, like, I'm putting wrist tape on. We're just finishing up. As we're walking through the building to get to the entranceway, Ian's telling us, like, Chuck and Ricochet, and Ricochet are already out there. They're going to, they're, he just sent them the, He's like, Thomas Ellis will be here soon. Just go. So they don't even know how long they're supposed to wrestle. They're just in the ring, just doing whatever, waiting for, for the three of us to get there. So as we're walking through, Ian's like, those two are out there. Go jump them. Jigsaw come out. Impromptu two out of three falls. 25 minutes. Yeah. Okay. And we just like in the building, walk through the building, out the entranceway. Yeah. The entire oh, match was completely on the fly. And that was probably like one of my proudest moments. That entire match completely on the fly not one thing made up beforehand we hit our time and it, everything went well so i was just so happy with that match afterwards okay so i mentioned two matches one with the king boxer and third african in, in no contest and next is blackout joker and kiss and ricochet in a no dq match that might have been the start of like we were trying to get a blackout into the company. We want a blackout in the company and and we'll work with them, we'll put them over, they can take ours, whatever. I didn't care. We just wanted them in the company. So that might have been the start of that, but it kind of got start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. It never got that much traction. Okay, and next match is October 14. Darren Saints versus Ty Hart and Drake Younger. I love Drake. Very, very, very good friend of mine. One of the friendliest and nicest guys ever. Diehard Dustin Lee, um, we he was okay, but we didn't. I that he just would keep messing up stuff in the ring. So yeah, it just it never it never got any traction because after two or three matches, we're just like, dude, this isn't working. Okay, the next match is October twenty. It's Chris Hybrid, Jeff Brooks, Rick Sterling, and Shima Shine and Star Iron Saints and North Star Express. 
Yeah, eight man tag. Okay. So let me. This is this. I'm gonna again. It, there's a good backstory here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and say it as quickly as I can. So that was supposed to be Vito and I are getting cheered, even though we're heels. And so yeah. Ian wanted to turn his baby face, and the North Star Express. That's why we all teamed that night. They were gonna accidentally cost us to lose, and then they were gonna feud with us. We were gonna be the baby faces. They're the heels, and they're gonna take over the main heel spot. Um, Kevin Harvey's their manager. And Kevin, there was something, it was a double shot weekend. We're going to work them the next night. And Ian wanted us to hit Kevin after the match. And Kevin didn't want to do it. And Kevin balked and he cried and he complained the entire night. And it's not our choice. I mean, that's what Ian wanted to do. But I remember standing by the curtain and Darren Corbin comes and says, hey, just want you guys to know I don't want any issues that Kevin said he's not going to do it. He's just going to run. Well, yeah. I got pissed off at that. So did Vito. But I said, let's not do anything. Let's just see what happens. As we walk out to the ring, I see my younger brother, Brandon, is doing commentary. So I went and told him. I said, hey, word on the street is Kevin's going to blow the finish. If he goes, I don't care how far you got to chase this bastard. You go catch him. You bring him back. Because I'm going to hit him. I'm going to do the finish that the, that the promoter and the boss wanted us to do. So, of course, we have the match. 20 minutes where we're, the eight of us are beating the shit out of each other trying to entertain this douchebag, this piece of shit that never broke in the business and it's just an absolute cunt. Sorry, but I said it. This yeah. guy decides that because he doesn't like the finish, he's just going to ruin it for everybody. And yeah. that's what he did. He took off running. Brandon grabbed him, brought him back. I did the finish. I hit him. We went back to the locker room. I yelled at him for 10 minutes straight for just having the... The, the sheer balls and the unprofessionalism to pull yeah. something like this. When you made your point, you got outvoted, we moved on. And then the yeah. next night he quit the company and he never came back, you know? So it was just, it was a, it was a whole, it, it, we continued the feud with North Star Express without Kevin. So to me, it worked out beautifully. He just ended up leaving the company, but Vito and I got a lot of heat over that because everybody thought we were bullies. No, we weren't bullies. This asshole, tried to fuck everybody over and there's a there's certain rules man in the locker room and they're not my rules i didn't make these rules they exist before me and after me kevin decided to break every single one of them yeah and we were the locker room leaders and i wasn't about to take that so to me i thought we did the right thing but that was why uh we had that match so that the next night we could start our feud with the north star express okay so on the next match the number 24 is Ian and Mickey Knuckles destroying you for attacking titles? Oh, shit, that's right. Then we had... Oh, I can't remember why that happened. There was a reason why that happened, because it was going to go... It was going to go away and then come right back type thing. I can't... I can't remember why that happened. Yeah. Okay, in December 15th, it's a 2-1 handicap match. Ian Warren versus that Iron Man 2-1 handicap match. Shit, I don't remember that one either. Sorry. Yeah, December 16th is Jaren Saints versus the North Express in December 16th. Yeah, the match again. That was that was the beginning of our feud. First, we were going to do heel versus heel, and I remember if I'm if I'm not mistaken, during this time Harley Race was bringing uh, DiBiase Jr. He was yeah. just getting his feet wet, and Harley was taking DiBiase Jr. all over the place, and he came to IWA for like a week or two, like he just did a couple loops. But I remember Harley watching a heel versus heel match with us and North Stars and giving a lot of advice afterwards. And that actually set the foundation for when we would work for Harley 
I want to say the next year. Next year after okay. that. The next match is in, in the new year, 2007, against Jupiter and Ricochet. Yeah, we didn't have, like, that would have been a fun match. I, I don't have any particular stories because we, uh, we didn't have an angle. It was just matches for the sake of matches. Okay, January 27th is Darren Sinch versus Aldivo Bridges, something percent tank. Okay, yeah. Um, we're good boys with tank. Not so much. I think I can't remember what the reason was, but Sean Tempers had heat with something for somebody, and it might have been whispered to us to maybe stiff Sean, and we may have done it, but I don't recall. Yeah, yeah. The next match is in March, March second against the Fashion Brothers. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. They, I think, the first time we worked with them was in Plainfield. And those guys are superstars, and we're just indie jerks, right? And so you don't really know what you're dealing with. Most, No offense, most guys on the indies aren't that good in the sense of keeping the other guys safe. After yeah. this match, it was Doug Basham that came up to us and said, like, okay, I, I, I see you guys. You know, my apologies. Next time we'll give you guys a better match. And he really did. We, we worked with them down the line in Candido Cup, and he went out of his way to make Vito and I look like a million bucks that night. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Elgin worked your match, right? Sorry, buddy. You broke up that entire time. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah. Imagine 21 March, the Orange Saints versus Ash and Michael Elgin. Yeah, Ash and Michael Elgin, that was another two guys that we, that, that was the first time I think they were in the company and the first time we worked with them and we pushed really hard for them to keep coming back. Um, Elgin obviously blew up and he became uh, very, very, very successful. Ash is the one that I was pushing hard for and Ash and I actually almost, we teamed together years later, you know, half a dozen matches, nothing crazy, but yeah. that was we another guy. We will talk about that later, okay? Okay. So next match, April 14th, against Billy Rock and Tony Cozina. Tony Cozina, I think Billy Rock. Was, yeah, Billy Rock was newer to the company and everybody just loved Billy Rock. No backstory there, just a super nice guy. Tony Cozina, I, we knew him from out here in the West Coast. And if I'm not mistaken, he's the guy that trained um, Davey Richards. Yeah. And... And the next match, April 28th, is a double taco yard match. Darren Saints versus the North Express. That was, <laughs> it seems like this happens a lot, but that was supposed to be the night the North Star Express beat Vito and I for the, uh, to finish the feud. I can't remember if it was for the tag titles or not, but it was supposed to finish the rivalry. And they got in some heat with Ian, and Ian got pissed off and said no, and Ian wanted to fire them, I think the month before. And I argued hard saying, well, we've been feuding with them. Let's not fire them. Like, let's at least keep the finish or keep the match, but then we'll win instead of they'll win. And that's what okay, we Okay, so in the next match is four matches on May 25 and 26. It's the Candido Cup. Who made the decision to, to have you the winners? The, I believe it was, it, most likely, I think it was Mike Burns, the owner of Smartmark Video. Because Ian wasn't going to put us over. We were, we were first round with Havana Pitbulls. And I've yeah. known Ricky Reyes since I broke in. So I remember talking with Ricky. 
well before that. And Ricky told us that Ian had told them that they were going to win. Yeah. And then Ian had told us that we were going to win. So I think Ian told a lot of people that they were going to win. I don't know. But coming to the show day, I was under the impression that we were going to lose first round and that Havana Pitbulls were going to go against Loki and Homicide in the main event and that the Pitbulls were going to win. Okay. Whatever. Fine. And that's what I thought was supposed to happen. We were pretty pissed off by that, that I didn't think we needed to win the tournament. But if you weren't going to have us, your main guys, in at least the, the finals and lose to the other team, then we were just, that's it. We're done with this, you know, this shit. And it never got to that point. Mike Burns went and argued with Ian until Mike Burns actually changed Ian's mind. And then that's why we went over. Yeah, the next match is on Boom 30. I think we have some tier three rematch. Darren Saints, the Napkin Dragons, and then Chris Inc. Huh. I remember yeah. working with Naptown. I love yeah. Scotty Vortex and Drake Younger. You know, again, I think it was just randoms. They were not, there was no rhyme or reason for that. Yeah, and also on Tradition, they want me to do basically Naptown's Dragons for fucking titles. That would have been Plainfield, maybe? No, in Juliet. In Juliet, okay, yeah. There might have been something trying to get something going, but at that point in time, like, Ian always had somebody helping him with booking, and at this point, he didn't. I believe it was just him. Um, so sometimes you just, he wouldn't even write the lineup until 7 o'clock for an 8 o'clock show start. Okay. So you would have no idea what's going to happen. You know. Next match is the 28th of July. Is Ash and CJ Otis. <laughs> CJ Otis. I liked. I loved working CJ because we had an agreement that we could hit each other as hard as we wanted. Yeah. And it, and it was just always fun. Alka 21. They are in scenes versus Jason Hates and Ricochet. Jason Hades. Yes. In, yeah. In Jason 20. Hades. Jason's a guy that I met in. Uh, in a different company, I think in Milwaukee. I was working for some guy named Carmine something. I can't remember the name of the company. But I brought Jason into into IW Mid-South, and that was just to give him the rub by teaming with Ricochet. Yeah. The next match is September 29th. It's you versus BJ and Nigel McInnes. This was, I remember coming to the locker room after this match, and all the boys, like, kind of shocked, like, because me and Vito got, we got our asses handed to us. We got our asses kicked. Well, the point is, here these two guys are bigger than us, right? So from a physical standpoint, it makes sense. But all this other time when we were like underhanded and everything, we were heels. Well, now I'm a baby face. My job is now to get sympathy. And I thought, I just took this opportunity. I went, man, let's. this is how I'm going to shock everybody tonight. Not by getting a cool move, by by selling a lot. So that was, I just remember Nigel hit me with a clothesline that was so brutal. It was so stiff that I remember him making contact and I remember laying on the canvas, but I don't remember anything in between. Yeah. The next show is, uh, there's two shows, one joint outside. You're in Saints versus Team Taiwan, Arya Dabari and Jake O'Neill. So Jake O'Neill was one of our students. He was he was one of the guys that traveled with Vito and I and just like our underling at that time. And then Aria was, that's Sean Davari's son. And yeah. Sean and Vito knew each other. They came up at the same time in the Chicago area. So I think that was a favor for Sean. 
Yeah, and uh, on the on the on the night you faced Core Anderson and Joy Ryan also. That was a fun match because there was there was some there was some potential politics there. Joey and Carl were the NWA tag champs. We were the IWA tag champs, and we're baby faces and they're heels. But Ian wanted to get in good graces again with the NWA, so he wanted them to beat us. Which whatever. I don't. I personally don't care about wins and losses. I only care if somebody's making a stink about it. Now I'm you know now I'm gonna fight. But so I remember specifically talking with Joey, like, man, no, let's just go have a great match. We'll put you guys over clean right in the middle with your finish. Yeah. And it was fun. It was just a lot of fun. And the next match is on November 4th. It's Ian Run and yourself, Tatomacelis. Yeah. <laughs> that was, Ian was going to retire. He was, supposedly. And he wasn't going to have another match. And I don't even remember whose idea that was. That might have been mine. To say, hey, what if we team against those two? And then it was, we're standing behind the curtain, and Ian says, what if we do the old Killer B spot where me and Ian pretend like we're twins and we keep switching and the referee can't tell? It was so stupid, but just so funny. And I just remember having, that was such a fun match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the next match is December 7th, Eastern Homo Series, Christian Dragons again. Neptune yeah. Dragons again. I don't remember that one. That way, that might have been Plainfield, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, now the yeah, next match is on, is on March 1, 2008. It's Joker and Ricky Reyes versus the Orange Saints that lose the titles. That was a, there was a bit of a, there was, um, there was some heat going into that match because I had, okay, so rewind. The barbed wire ropes match where Vito and I did in 2006, I broke my back that night. My SI oh. joint on the left on the left side. And uh, that's why you you were not on the show for months, right? No, no, no. That's that's in two thousand six. I oh. I wrestled all the way through two thousand eight up until this match <clears throat> with Joker and Ricky. I'm so, we're gonna lose this match. Then I'm gonna take four months. But I but I and I wrestled two years with a broken back. So yeah, at that well, point, I was I was physically like spent. I'm in pain all day. I can't take this anymore. And I told Ian, I said, next show. Like let's let's drop the titles. <clears throat> he finally agreed to bring in Blackout. I said let's make let's make Joker and, and um, it was supposed to be Joker and Sabian. I think it was, yeah. but we wrestled in Philly and Sabian kept throwing chops at Brandon right after he got a tattoo in his chest, and yeah. three or four times Brandon said knock it off, knock it off, and then popped it. Well, that pop yeah. broke Sabian's jaw. Wait, one question in the, in the final to show. Did in a in match one, you last year after after going to to to, to reaction home. Did be the turn on you? He did because and it was at it was at one of our own shows. It was at the Elite Pro show. But that storyline wise, I needed to have a reason to go home for a while, so I just couldn't do it. I could I could barely walk at that point. That's why I got yeah. carried out of the building. On um, June seven, you faced your own brother as the Midnight Rider. Yep, that was, Ian wanted Vito and I to feud against each other. We did not want to do that at all, um, but we agreed. And then it was, it only went one or two shows. Ian and Vito had a really bad falling out, and Vito never came back. Yeah, and, and the last match on October 4 is a Chicago Street fight, you and Vito. That, was, that would have been the last one. And actually, <laughs> no, yeah, that would have been the last one. But, but one question, what was going to be the final match? What 
stipulation if if we don't done this then it never really got into conversation because the thing is we the company Vito and I had is uh, 30 minutes down the road and we wanted the feud me against him only in our company so yeah. we figured if it was in both companies, then it, we're going to have a harder time with attendance-wise. I didn't. We just didn't want to do that, so we never. It, the conversation never got past initial initial talks, and then by that point, Ian and and Vito yelled at each other and had a blow up or whatever it was. Vito left, and that was that. Yeah, October 11, you in Trick Davis for a, for a very long time, nothing or much in each other, right? That was that was. Um, and that was, I had just taken maybe six months off and I'm coming back now. And I remember specifically Ian put me in that match with Trick and had me lose and had me tap because he said he wanted to test my ego. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I'm the last guy that cares, man, like that. I only care if you draw the line in the sand. Other than that, beat me every night. I could care less. Yeah. And number 28, you face up in Jason Hayes, Big Chris, Mustafa Lee, and Santa Marcelli yourself. Hmm. That was just a random. I think that was just a random, but I, I don't remember that that one too much. Yeah, Mustafa was pretty young right there. Yeah, but that was because um, I started booking soon after this. Yeah, but I but not but not quite yet. Okay, so what day do you start doing booking? The the TPI that year. Yeah, the, what day in June or May? No, TPI would have been September. Okay. We talked about it. Okay, nice message. June 17. Ricochet, then more Britney, Stephanie, and Sean, and T, and three water in a six-way. That was a six-way. One of those guys was a student. I believe that was a TV taping. I did book that card. I did not book. I didn't get, like, that match Ian booked. Every other match of the card, I think, I booked. Yeah. In April 3rd. You technically ask begins between the hybrids. That was Ian's idea to put us okay. together, and we were 100% for it. And we started having two or three matches, but then Ash had a health issue. And he lived in Toronto, so it's not like he could make every show. And then by the time he was coming back, we lost momentum. Yeah. Next match you have with the Chuchas and the Hooligans. I think I was just trying at that point I'm trying to the hooligans, super nice guys, but they just, it was like, move, 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 move. They didn't slow down. They didn't, they didn't work. They went and performed. Yeah. And so I think it was just me. I was being put with them in randoms just to teach them how to work. Yeah. On, on May 23 and June 5, you were facing against the hooligans. I jumped me them in color. I don't remember what the reasons were. I just, I think that's all it was. It was just for no other reason than to give them the experience with me. Yeah. On June 7, you against Josh Raymond. That would have been the Acid Jazz Benefit Show. It was a triple shot weekend, and I was only going to work the first two nights. And Josh, yeah. the third night, because it's a benefit show, was a free booking. That means anybody could book whatever they wanted. We could work whoever we wanted. And Josh came and asked me, he goes, hey, you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, because Josh and I were super. That's probably my one of my best singles matches is that match with Josh. Yeah. Um, June 20 is a waste of fantastic versus you. 
And he was the light heavyweight champ, right? No, it was another one. Or the light heavyweight tournament or something like that, or there was some gimmick to it. Yes. That, I can't remember who I was supposed to originally wrestle. There was a, it was a different lineup. Me and, and Ego drove there together. So we weren't, we were not going to wrestle each other. And I can just one match changed and it changed the entire card. Okay. So August 14th, you visited Matt Cage. Matt Cage was one of the young guys that I believed in and that I thought Ian should be doing more with and asked to work with him. Okay. So now we are in September. I'm going to ask you this. Do you have any storylines that was next that was so crazy that Ian did say, no, no, not this? Only the one with John Calvin. Everything else, for the most part, we had a lot of creative freedom. He might yeah. not have agreed with something we wanted to do, like if I wanted to do a cage match, I wanted to do a ladder match, I wanted to do something like this. He might not have, he might not have said yes because he's going to do it with somebody else soon. But pretty much anything that, that I wanted to do, Vito wanted to do, Jimmy Jacobs, Chris Hero, um, Eric Cannon, uh, a lot of guys. Because if, if you have good, that's... I'll give Ian so much credit for that. He yeah. never cared if it was his idea or someone else's. As yeah. long as it's good, he'll take it. Um, so one question. Do you yes. mind? No. So um, I, think, I think, do you want to come back for a future show interview? You want for a future? It's up to you. Sure. I don't so, have a problem. So I want you to do the Casey commentary shoot interview, right? Okay. So guest booker. You remember the series guest booker. So for I for which company? For for me for my artist commentaries. No, I mean, but guest booking IWA or guest booking somewhere. Something else. You yeah, because I booked a lot of IWAs. The only reason I'm saying. So we're going to book. Uh, this is a breaking news. Your company versus ECW. You're going to book that oh, card. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. I so, like that. Yeah. Like we're going to book that build up. I, I mean, we need. Uh, you know, a card for Arsenal in Spain is Pitarra because um, it's a, a chalkboard. We need a chalkboard for this. We need something, but we could do we could do something. Um, yeah, let's think about that. Let's talk about that. We'll set up some ideas and, and we, we could do something like a, a virtual chalkboard. Yeah, and also, so let's continue with our show. Okay. <laughs> and number 20 is Jason H versus Santa Marcelli. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, number, December 4, your, your return, your return versus Tyler Black. Now, very, very much not green now. Ah, I do remember that match. This is what I'm booking. I'm full on, full on booker at this point, but Ian and I had a huge fight over that match. I couldn't, I, it was hard to be the booker if I don't know who's going to be on the show. And if you're going to tell me I'm going to bring in Necro Butcher for three shows in a row, and then two days before I find out Necro's only going to be in for one day, well, that changes a lot of the dynamic. So we agreed that Ian would book all the outside talent, and I would do all the storylines and the angles with our local talent. And the outside talent that night was Tyler, and Ian wanted me to work with Tyler. It was like, great, no problem. We, we get along great. We, we click really well. This would be fantastic. But the problem was <clears throat> Ian wanted me to win, and I refused. I thought that was bullshit. I said, he's, he's at this time, he's the former Ring of Honor champion, and I'm brand new to singles in IWA. So from a status standpoint, this is Tyler, and I'm down here. 
Like that doesn't look good politically for me, the booker, to bring him in and then beat him. Yeah. And I know it's Ian's call, but that's how it was going to seem. So Ian and I actually got into a really loud shouting contest in the locker room until I finally agreed. I said, fine, I'll go, I'll win. And Ian walked away and I turned to Tyler and I said, no. And we went out there and, and it's the one and only time I did a finish that the promoter did not want. I changed it on, on, on the promoter, but he never said anything afterwards. He never yeah. got mad. The next year is the same thing. One more year with Mitzah, so let's begin. So yeah. the, the first show is on February 19th. It's Fred and Phoenix and from two, 10 years in Street. We're playing Rich, Marcus Payne, Nick, and yourself at 20 minutes in match. So pretty much, <clears throat> just to give a, an idea, once I started booking, I stopped putting myself first. I didn't do anything first. So I interjected myself into every angle because I didn't know schedules. So if... Hades couldn't make one show. I would jump in, wrestle his opponent, lose, so that it goes to the next show, and then Jason will come back. And then yeah. the next time, I would whomever's missing, I'll jump in, I'll wrestle, I'll lose, and then I'll jump out. So yeah. most of my booking time, I mean, I'm happy to answer any questions you want, but if for why my matches, that's the only reason. My entire job was to whichever hole is in the card, I put myself in there. Okay. So the next match in March 21, the Dixie Land Destroyer versus yourself. Yep, just to give him, just to give him a win, just yeah. to make him look good. In Dixie Land Destroyer, as per bad ratings. Yeah, I mean it wasn't like you know our roster at that time. Ian can't pay anybody, so it's it's with all due respect to all those guys. None of them were ready to be at an IWA Mid South level company. But IWA wasn't at that level anymore either. You know, yeah. it wasn't. Ian is as good as he is at being in, in the wrestling business, and he's got a good mind for it. He's got a lot of passion for it. He's a horrible businessman. Horrible, horrible businessman. Yeah. And it just, it just, whew, it just went like that. The next match to March 26, you were Jason Strafe in Extreme Invention. So Jason Strife was one of the guys I really, really, really believed in. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to make him the champ. He, he, Ian didn't. We had a disagreement. So I tried to make it enticing for Jason to stay, but he didn't end up staying that long. He ended yeah. up quitting. April 23, the Hooligans versus Tenda Man, Ian Run, and yourself. Just to work with the Hooligans, just to give them a good win and to give them a good match and to try and teach them. And the next match is on April 24, after we scramble. Yeah, in, in Brussels. Sorry, I don't I don't remember that one. Yeah. Next is May 16. That's two chess. Fantastico and yourself. That would have been. I do remember that one. And um I never got a chance to work with ego that much. So I think I may I I may have booked it for that reason. So I didn't get it I just never had the chance to, so might as well. Yeah, May 26 and June 26, Marcus Crane and Sal versus Bucky, Corbin Place and Hammett. No, no clue, huh? Yeah, yeah. Marcus is like, um, I love that guy. Marcus is one of my best friends. And yeah. I just so believed in him and so believed in his character and what he could do. Marcus is the only guy. I ever said you have complete freedom 
you don't need to check anything with me. You don't need to double check nothing. If I don't like something, I'll tell you about it afterwards. But from this day forward, you do not ask permission. You just go do whatever you want to do. Okay. So Marcus, I just I just love the guy and uh, I just love the guy. Okay, Andre sir, you are the financial even itself, the spirit of sixty six. You are in around near okay, Buggy Collins and you know a street fight. Yeah, that was uh yeah i can't even remember what the reason for that match was yeah okay so what happened what happened with it and why did you leave after that i mean i i i had a lot of difficulty with ian when i first started booking it was because he told me that he wanted to focus on the business side of things but it just wasn't happening every do you leave every, yeah huh? do you leave for and uh, with ian being a dick or I don't know what happened? No, we were like, I mean, Ian thinks I hate him. Like, we got along that we had an argument, but that's fine. People argue it's not a big deal. I didn't like that. He would do, he would, I would be the first, last guy to find out. Like that, I remember that day being so pissed off that he changed the venue of the show. And the wrestlers are calling me, asking me like, what's going on? And I said, dude, I don't know. <clears throat> and I was mad that, man, I'm your booker. I should be your first call. Well, I, I, I yeah. was going to call you, but you called these 10 guys first. You didn't call me first. I'm your booker. And that's not the biggest deal, but by that point, that was like the 50th thing that I was just getting sick of. And when it came down to his influence and money, Strife wasn't there anymore. Hades wasn't there anymore. Ali wasn't there anymore. My brothers weren't there anymore. You just go down the list of all these guys that got pissed off at him and ended up leaving. And I just couldn't get anywhere. I had gotten to a point where I found Ian a venue and I found him a promoter that would work for a percentage of the gate. And I was and the the show that he changed, he was supposed to do an injury angle and he was gonna go away for a year. And I was gonna run the show completely. And yeah. the day before the show he changed it. And I said, That's it. As at that point, I'm making zero money. I'm working out of loyalty for him. I'm working to help the other guys. All my successful bookings are outside of IWA now. I don't, I, you know, I'll go to a bunch of places in Philly. I'll work for the Clowns. I'll work for Harley. I didn't need IWA. And I just got super pissed off that time and time and time and time again, we were having the same argument and he wasn't changing. That's, that's fine. I just ultimately... I remember getting mad and I blew my stack and I, you know, we, we argued on the phone and I posted something on a message board, really wrong, long rant. But we talked like a week or two later at one of the JCW events at the gathering. We yeah. talked for about 90 minutes. Very pleasant conversation. I remember I gave him a big hug at the end of the conversation. Like I, our friendship isn't over, but I don't want to do that. I think the business has passed you and I think this is bad and I think this is wrong and I just don't agree. Okay. As I look back on it now, I think I was right for how I felt. I think I was completely wrong for how I expressed it. You know, yeah. I'm just, I was mad and I'm young and it just, we just started doing this. But I will say, like, man, I give Ian more credit than any person, any promoter I ever worked for. He's the first guy that gave us an opportunity. He pushed us the hardest. He believed in us the most. And he gave me freedom. And when I say freedom, it's not just like he listened to my ideas. There were plenty of times where I pitched an idea and Ian said, I don't like that and I don't think it'll work. But yeah. if you really want to try it, go for it. And he okay. gave me his show to go make a mistake. 
you know, so that's a pretty decent guy. You know what I mean? So I don't have any heat with him. I think he has a really good heart. Um, I think he's just made mistakes. I think he owns up to him, you know, so I I think he's, I think he's a good guy. Like I, I, it just in the, in the heat of the moment, you know, the two guys that were always on the same page. I mean, I stayed with him after both of my brothers left. Right. So I still had that level of loyalty, but it it came to a point where I said, man, I can't keep my integrity anymore by still doing this because you're not doing your part. Yeah. And that was, that was my beef. Like I remember one time we had a really, really bad house. I can't remember the name of the town. And he, and like, he dressed down the whole locker room. He insulted everybody and blamed everybody. And I got so pissed off that I, I walked out of the locker room. Like, I'm not going to stand. I, I'm not taking this. So when he came out there, he could, now all the guys could hear me screaming at him. Like, we're all doing our part. It's you that's not doing it. You're the promoter. You're not doing your part. And to that, I still, I still feel I'm right. He did not do his part as a promoter. That being said, he still went and did way more for a lot of other guys, including myself, than anybody ever, anybody else ever did. Um, I learned more from working with him and working around him than I did from from most other people. Uh, yeah. I learned how to book. I learned how to work. I learned about intensity. I learned how to bring the heat of a match up really high. I learned a lot. So I owe him a debt of gratitude. I'm super appreciative of everything he ever did. But at the end of the booking time, at the end of that point, I I just had enough. Okay, so to end the timeline, we have 20 bonus questions, okay? Okay. Number one, this is a long story, rapid five question, okay? Okay. So number one, favorite match in Mid-South in Highway of all time? Favorite match of all time? Um... Probably the tag match with me and me and Ian against my brothers because it was just we laughed the whole time. Now, okay, number two, next match that never happened in it with you. Next me match and Ash, me and Ash, singles. Yeah. Why is that? Why why didn't it happen that? It's schedule, just schedule. He's coming from Toronto and he's got a lot of other bookings and I've got a lot of other bookings. It just didn't happen because of schedule. Okay, number three. Plans if you stayed with a company. If I stayed with the company, Ian was going to go home for a year. I was going to run it fully. Okay, like a boss, right? Yeah, I wanted to do... He, the thing is, Ian had taken pre-advanced ticket money from a lot of fans, and then the show got canceled, and he, he didn't refund it. So Ian had a lot of heat with the fans. So I was going to buy the company and send him home and okay. give it a year so that hopefully we'll get the goodwill of the fans back and then do an angle to bring Ian back. Yeah. Okay, so next question is two part, okay? I always stories of fans. Funny and bad. I'm sorry, say that again? It's stories on the shows with the fans. One funny and one bad. Um, my favorite thing to do with the fans was when I was a heel, and we would come out entrance-wise. If there were kids, I would put my hand up for a high five. As soon as they put their hand up, I'd kick their drink because I thought that was yeah. funny. And, and it just gets me booed. Um, but my favorite thing about the fans is we were we were, they would boo the shit out of us. Like when we started turning babyface, our music would hit standing ovation. They would cheer for us. Match would okay. start. They'd boo us the entire match, and then the match is over. They'd cheer. 
I just thought that okay. was cool. Number five, meet and greet stories. Meet and greet story. First time I met, uh, oh, first time I met Tracy Smothers. We walked in the locker room in Highland, Indiana, and he immediately liked me and Vito for some reason. And he, I remember we sat there as he was butt naked in the showers for some, his, his, our chairs are in the showers. We're not taking showers, but that's just part of the locker room. But he's sitting there butt naked, peeling an orange and insisting that I eat half of it. Yeah. Tracy is a national stress right now. I, dude, and I just love, that guy was so funny. He would sit in our car for two, three hours after a show, just teaching us and telling us stories. Okay, number six. Where do you, where do you ever write a book? I mean, I could. I, I like to read and I'm a very good writer, but I don't think that my life story is that interesting. So if I could make up a lot of my stories, I probably would. Yeah, number seven. When, when in I Will Meet South, did Ian or the other promoter said, Oh, we want a building of, of our company. Did you hear that? No. Never, night? Never. Okay, so number eight. This is two versions. One, weird fan interaction you ever had. Weird fan interaction. Um, I never had any. I got to be honest with you. The fans were super, super nice. I was a dick when I was a heel. I remember I spit in a kid's face on accident one time. And the mom wanted me to apologize. And I told Ian, I said, if you make me go out there, I'm going to spit right in her face. And he, he said I didn't have to go out there. But it was an accident. I, I didn't do it on purpose. Next, number nine, awesome fan interaction you ever have in your life. I'm sorry, say that one more time. Awesome fan interaction. Awesome yeah. fan interaction. Let's see. Um, <laughs> there was one fan that... I think it was like in 2007, six or seven, and I had been mid south that started chanting, Sal loves the cock. And, oh, and, God. And, and I'm telling you, it followed me everywhere around the country. Every, all the fans would do it. And it just made me, always made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, do you know that fan that said that? Do you know that fan? No. Oh, no. Okay. No. It's a mystery. Number okay. 10. Th uh, Thunderstruck. You said in that name, that thing song? I only used that, I think I used it because, like, we had different entrance music, but I would use that because anything, like, older, like, 70s or 80s, just always gets a reaction, you know? So, and that, to me, the guitars and everything were great, but that was just uh, one time, I think, a few times. Okay, number 10, biggest advice from a wrestler. Fundamentals, absolute fundamentals. Okay, when I was in my first training school that I was ever in, I was jumping off the top rope the second day. Then I went and joined Pro Wrestling Iron with Mike Modest and Donovan Morgan, and I went, and I got trained properly. And I probably did drills, cardio, bumps, and amateur wrestling for the first six months. Fundamentals. It takes 10,000 reps to do anything, to perfect anything. And there are times when you're injured or there are times when you don't have Uh, an opportunity to put anything together and you just kind of got to do it on the fly fundamentals okay and the worst advice from a wrestler you ever had don't get a tanning membership before you get a gym membership yeah wow okay biggest dick in area that i've ever met 
Yeah. Like biggest dick that I've ever met? John, yeah, from Mitchell, the biggest dick. I mean, there there might have been guys, but I'm not trying to boast, but I can hold my own in a fight, and I have two brothers that are meaner than I am. So if you're going to pick a fight with me, you're going to pick a fight with all three of us. So nobody was. Not because not because I'm a badass. We were nice and friendly to everybody. But the yeah. IWA locker room was like, it was really, really tight-knit group that, at that time. So there was, there was a like myself and my brothers and Josh and Jimmy and Silas and Priest and that era. And then some of those guys went away. And then you had like the old school guys like Corporal Robinson and Mitch Page came in and Bull Payne came in. And then now you got younger guys like Chuck Taylor, Ricochet, Ali, Hades. So it was always a very tight-knit group. Okay, and uh, next question. Well, biggest stake is the biggest stake legend, legendary wrestler, like Holly Race or that. What's the biggest stake in legend? I didn't meet any of them that were dicks. Yeah, but Always. I think, do you ever meet Honky Tongue Man? I did, but he was nice to us because he, oh. because again, because then we're just right in your face. Like, are you sure you want to be a dick? And yeah. he was, he was super, no, he was, especially like my younger brother, he, he lets you know pretty quick. Like, if you're not doing, if, if you're not being polite, you know, Brandon's going to let you know. Okay, now question 15. If you are watching this, turn off the camera. It's going to be disgusting. And the most disgusting, bastard moment that everyone could throw up in the garbage from being so disgusting in Iron itself. Okay, I don't know if it grossed everybody else out, but I had a, we had a match, Vito and I against Ian, and it might have been the one with Just Incredible. And there was a point where I'm we're on the outside and, and I'm on my back and Ian's choking me right like this right so I'm laying there and ha ah, ah, but Ian's bleeding and yeah. some of the blood fell into my mouth oh, and God. I swear to God I almost started puking right there I went and got like blood tested and je everything check me for everything like this is ah. like oh it was horrible yeah number sixteen favorite junk restaurant. <laughs> we didn't, I guess, like Wendy's. Wendy's we just hit right. fast food. Yeah, we just hit. Wendy's is like my favorite Taco Bell, but Wendy's is the only place you can go where you get decently healthy food. <laughs> so. Do you ever do you ever go to Wendy's with a wrestler from Iway? Yeah. Wendy's was all over the place, man. We get double cheeseburgers and then put chicken nuggets in the middle of the double cheeseburgers. You know, that was good. Steak and Shake was good. Yeah. But who, who wrestler from that era eat too much in Wendy's? Um, like Brandon, Brandon was pretty good at that, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I did one time, I did one time before a show. I mean, this is for Harley race, but I remember having 20 chicken nuggets, two double cheeseburgers, two orders of fries and a milkshake before a show. Oh God. Horrible. Stupid. If anybody ever has that idea, don't. It was a stupid idea. <laughs> okay. Number 17. Favorite movie of all time you ever watched? You like with a wrestler or for yourself? Oh, uh, hands down, my favorite movie, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, that's good. Uh, what film do you watch recently that you like very much? What do I like very much? No, no. What film do you watch recently that you like? Oh, that's a pretty good film. Oh, The Harder They Fall on Netflix. Yeah. It's a Western movie that's different than any Western I've ever seen. And I grew up watching Clint Eastwood Westerns. I love Westerns. But the harder they fall. 
hands it's such a good movie i'd, I'd put um um hateful eight and django up there too but the heart of they fall is fantastic okay number 18 favorite tv show of all time seinfeld okay and i want recently that you like one thing i like about seinfeld no one one that you watch recently that you like one thing what's recently uh oh um ozark also very good show number 19 question favorite merchandise of yourself that Okay. We never had merchandise. Yeah, but did, did. I never. I thought it was a waste of time, man. I'm I'm an indie wrestler. If I'm gonna have t-shirts or an action, really, spend yeah, more I time think, in the gym. I think probably probably in this, I I I know what hell. I don't know. I think until like until you get to a certain level, it's a waste of time. And I I don't yeah. I didn't consider myself to that high that high of a level. Uh, last two last questions, okay? Last two last questions. Yes, sir. Number twenty. How many do you? How much money do you have in IWA? How much? How much money do you win there? In IWA? Yeah. Uh, it depended. Like Ian would pay you on the card. So say we drove. Say it was like a thirty people house. I maybe would have got fifty bucks that night. But if we were main event and we were doing like hundred fifty, two hundred fans or somewhere, I'd make in the hundred fifty, two hundred per match. Um, last so question is. Last question is. This is from my head. Mm -hmm. what, what, what was the most dangerous spot you ever taken in your life in wrestling? We did the, it was in the Taipei death match, and we, we did the, the, Ian wanted to do a suplex. He wanted to suplex me off of a ladder from inside the ring to the outside of the ring onto two tables. Oh, God. I said, fine. I said, fine. I want the tables like this, right? length we're gonna come this way so i want the tables like this next to each other they put the tables like this yeah so now we went from an eight foot target to a two foot target and then ian didn't come up high enough so when he suplexed his ankle hit the top rope the barbed wire and flipped yeah. us so we missed okay. i missed the table completely i hit the ground and broke my back ian went head first and gave himself a horrible concussion okay so okay so Thank you for, for being with me. So one question and anything you anything you say to, to your fans that supported over you over the years? Thank you so much for supporting us. Um, I indie wrestling is so critical. You guys need a place to start. And I don't think the fans understand just how important you guys are. Without you guys, what's the point? We're just guys in a room pretending to fight. Um, and keep keep an eye out. I've had about 10 years off, so is Vito. We're both in really good shape, and we're actually thinking about doing some some matches coming up soon. Um, there's talk of us with the SATs, and we don't know exactly where yet. There's some there's some talk with maybe a few different companies. We're not exactly sure what's going to happen, but just keep an eye out. I think at some point this summer, you're going to see Iron Saints versus the SATs, which, ironically enough, our very first tag match ever was against the SATs. Well, okay, so Sam, thank you for having for being with me. I will come back for for Facebook in the future. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. So and please um, hang on me. I can hang out. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. You have a good thank day. You, I appreciate it, man. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> See you, buddy. See you, buddy. Bye, bye.